Hello and welcome to episode 70 of the Wizards of Drivel podcast. Well, it's a long overdue return to the main Wizards trio of myself, Ben and Chris, and I'm a little bit concerned that with all the changes that have happened at Stoke recently, not everyone will be able to keep up. So in this episode, we're talking about an unceremonious cup exit, a 4-0 defeat, a crap refereeing performance, and concern about our injury situation. <laughs> I know this is unusual territory for Stoke, but we'll struggle on. Chris, how are you doing? Uh, all things considered, I'm okay. Yes. And uh, Ben, welcome back. How was your European scouting trip? Uh, fantastic. I found um, a lot of talent in the bars of Lisbon and... <laughs> Um, not much else in Greece, but had a great time. I mean, I, I was looking from afar, uh, listening to the podcast as it as it went as through the Stoke journey, and of course, I I was listening with with jealousy at, at these games that I we sort of hadn't experienced when I was on the pod last season. So I was, I was very excited for my return this weekend, um, and inevitably, <laughs> it's just returned to what I talked about all of last season. Um, so here we are. Ben Ben is the common denominator here. I think um... I'm a bit worried. I'm a bit worried. <laughs> yeah, but uh, good to hear you. You might be able to scout some potential uh, replacements for yourself in those bars in Lisbon. I- I'd love uh, Jose to come on and-, and tell us what he thinks about Stoke. So, <laughs> add-, add some much-needed flair to the podcast. That's what we need. Oh. Right. Chelsea then. We played Chelsea yesterday, lads, mm. and we didn't score as many goals as they did. <laughs> uh, some three-word responses on that game. Honestly played all right. Normal service resumed. Not good enough. Why not Red? Why not Timon? Why not Suter? What we expected. <laughs> never play Johnson. And not that bad. Uh, Chris, was it not that bad? A 4 nil. <sighs> like, it, it, it... Oh, that's such a weird and loaded question. Because I, mm. I completely agree that on the face of it, it... <sighs> We we would we were definitely not the better team. We didn't deserve anything out of that game. But I don't think we are as it was as a damning a performance as four nil defeat would suggest. It certainly didn't feel like the same four nil defeats that we suffered last year. I think the the it it was purely a, re, a result of the fact that we have no had no defenders. Um, it. it and, and and it was individual mistakes, and I know that we've said this time and time again, but I I genuinely don't think that it was a, an issue with the system as such, but more just individual play, players who aren't used to being in this system. Glenn Johnson, as we um, as was said in those three word responses, he's to be fair to him, he's come into this system. He was playing as like a, a centre back, and like I I can't get angry at this result because genuinely I don't think it was as bad as some of the other performances that we may have seen last year or we've seen the um in this season drummings of other teams we we did have shots at least well they weren't the best shots by all means um <laughs> but I don't I, I think the more worrying thing is the 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 lack of defensive players we currently have and that age-old problem of we just don't create or we don't have a striker or it, it wasn't a good day but by no means was it the end of the world mm. um ben uh as chris alluded to there like there's a, a massive worry about our defensive situation at the moment uh injuries are taking their toll on us 
Obviously, Zuma couldn't play yesterday, but then we saw Martins Indy go off. Um, you raised a point on Twitter yesterday, which surprised me. Um, do you, you don't think we signed enough defenders? I think in a six, in a three defender system, I don't think that we have enough tons. I know that we've been left in this situation, and there's a horrendous amount of injuries. Um, but I mean, we knew Zuma was going to be out since the start of the season, so that's kind of like we've got. We haven't got. I think we said five defenders, central defenders that we've got, um, and that includes Jeff Cameron as well, who I'm not. I'm not that big a fan of at centre back. I don't mind him at centre midfield, but I think he's he's um, a bit mistake prone at centre back. Um, so I just think, in terms of cover, we need a couple more players there. I think, um, and I understand that it's probably not viable to have that many central defenders in a squad because they're all going to want to play. You've got a situation like when Mark Muniesa was in the club, where it's like he was really useful to have around, but realistically. Not many players are going to be happy to to play that role for sort of a few seasons like he did, and he wasn't happy. And he left. So, in that situation, you should be getting people that want to do that, like youth players, for example, or old professionals, sort of like a like Charlie Adam. But we don't have that. So, mm. why would we not play Harry Suter in that situation? I, I I just thought that I thought that was bizarre, to be honest. I, and I know some people disagree and say. Harry Suter's so young, I mean, I don't know how good he is. Um, I've got a personal soft spot for him for some reason, maybe because he's tall like I am. Um, <laughs> but I just think if he's good enough to sign, then just just let him have a go. I mean, oh, no. it was horrendous <laughs> enough without him. Well, it's interesting you, you made that point because when we signed Kevin Vimmer, everyone was saying we've got four centre-halves who are realistic first-team players. And it's going to be hard to, to work them all into the side. And now we're scratching around for one centre-half who, who, who we can play. Um, I think if if you have Suter as the sixth-choice centre-half, if you like, then we have six. Now, obviously, Mark Hughes didn't do mm-hmm. that. But I think in general, in terms of the squad depth there, I'm more than happy with it in theory. It just so happened that Shawcross, Vimmer... Bruno are now injured and Zuma couldn't play yesterday. I think that's just a really just crap situation to be in. We we do have Peters who who as yesterday proved can move that and I thought Peters was fine really. Um and Sutar as well who I don't know what Mark Hughes thinks of him. So I'm not like it I think it's a bit easy with hindsight to say we we should have had a, an extra body in there perhaps. I'm much more concerned about a lack of depth in midfield. Um, obviously, great to have Ibrahim Afalai back yesterday. Um, but I, I'm more, I'm concerned about that area going forward. Uh, Chris, uh, go uh, attacking positions then. Uh, as you mentioned there, we weren't creating good enough chances, really. I know it was tough to break Chelsea down, but... It seemed like the game was over from the first minute, and whilst we certainly huffed and puffed a lot, um, it wasn't like we were going to realistically test Courtois that much. Um, where do you see the problems lying for Stoke going forward? <laughs> going forward, that's where I see the problems. Um, yeah. we, uh, I, uh, we've we've spoke about it quite often that there is no real out and out striker in this team, and I. Uh, I do feel, especially like in games like yesterday, that is what kind of cost us. I think that it was quite evident that when Crouch came on, we seemed to, I don't know, it, it 
improve our ideas in terms of what we were trying to create a little bit. Um, and I'm not by no means my saying Crouch had a, a very <laughs> a good game, but it was clear that we had a focal point and we were trying to play um, off the guy. Um, I think I think the the issue more than anything is that we're, we're relying on Hesse and two promoting, and neither players are overly consistent players. Um, I'm not saying I'm not saying they're bad players, but cheap emoting. There's a reason he he left Schalke on a free, and Hesse has so many things going on in his personal life that he. It would be speculation to say that it's affecting him on the pitch, but like he he's he's had a very good performance against Arsenal, and then he's he's not been quite with it as such. Um, I think, I I mean I really don't know because. I don't know whether it is just a question of you. You often see this when this happens. You have the argument that we need a, a striker, an out-and-out striker who can who puts the ball in the back of the net, which obviously is the aim of the game. But I do wonder whether we are creating enough chances for that player, and we're just missing that player, or whether I mean, it's so it's so weird. I I think that if it was such an obvious answer, you would hope that Stoke would address it. But I, but I mm. do think that it's very, very evident that when Peter Crouch came on yesterday, we changed game plans, and it, it was, it, we were, we were considerably better, at least in my opinion, See, we were. Yeah, I thought we were better when Crouch came on as well. I mean, you bring up that that striker question, and the the point about not creating enough chances is perfectly valid. But I think surely a striker has to be better now than Hesse was yeah. yesterday. I don't think. Hesse Bar a few minutes against Arsenal has been very good, and as you mentioned, he he does have stuff going on, and you know your heart goes out to the guy. But is it, a, it may be a question of him maybe needing to take some time off or something? Mm-hmm. But regardless, I don't think Hughes trusts Berahino anymore. I think that ship has sailed. <laughs> as, which is, as sorry as I am to say, insane. it absolutely insane though. It, is it though? Is it? Yeah, he's 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 not been good. Ins- really, has he? It's insane that we would chase a player for so long and spend twelve million on him when he's out of contract six months later. Yeah, to then give up on him this soon after. Like, what? Why did we go ahead with it? Because there was always. I mean, every, I don't want to give up on Berahino, but there was always this talk of he's not um, going to be good enough. Like, there was always that warning. So, why did we go ahead with that transfer? Okay. It's difficult to. It's, I mean, obviously, Hughes has seen something of Berahino uh, in the past, and he's sort of fallen in love with, which fallen in love with him, which he does with certain players, probably similar to supermoting. Um, and it hasn't pulled off. I mean, it is very easy to sit here and say, "Oh, I told you so. We all told you so. Told you so, Mark Hughes. What have you? What have you done?" Um, but there was no way of knowing it because in another in another stream of life, maybe Berahino has already scored thirty goals this season. <laughs> um. And certainly, if you offered me a choice right now, we can give Sido a few games or stick with the three we currently have. I'd be inclined to go more towards Sido. Um, just because I don't think Hesse's just really offered anything. I don't think he's, he's his movement's certainly not there. He's not getting in any good positions. I don't think he's even doing that hold-up play. Well, I think... I'm, I'm sorry to mention his name, but Hosselu would, would be a better fit for us now than Hesse. Um, Did you see Steve Sidwell on um, Five Lives? Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. Fascinating. And uh, obviously I went to Newcastle and and saw the opposite of what Steve Sidwell was saying. (laughs) um, 
Yeah, it's a weird one, and I don't want to be like, oh, we should have kept so and so because you know you've got to you've got to take it and move on, I suppose. But of the choices we have now in that central attacking role, whether it's a false nine or an out and out striker, I think Crouch is the best for us because when he plays, he, we seem to know yes. what we're doing. It might not be a, a, a style of football or, a, or an approach we like, but it seems to make things happen for us. Yeah, he had that knockdown to Juve yesterday. He, mm-hmm. he should have created the equaliser for us at Newcastle. And whilst I don't think Peter Crouch is long-term like going to score a load of goals for us or anything, we we seem just a bit more like, right, this is our plan now. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, we we kind of just... We just kind of run into brick walls all the yeah. time. Now, having said that, I don't want that to sound harsh on Chupo Moting or Shakiri both of whom I thought had really good games mm-hmm. yesterday. I thought Shakiri in particular was just fantastic. Again, I think he's been our best player this season. Yep. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of address the kind of tactical uh, issues then. Uh, we went, uh, we stuck with 3-4-3 three, three, uh, with one centre-half on the pitch. Uh, our wing-backs were Juf and Sobby. Um, ben, were... Should we have played another system given the personnel we had available? To be honest, no, I, I don't think we should have done. I think when you think of three at the back, I I I wouldn't mind in a normal day if, if it was Eric Peters on, on the left side of a three at the back or Glenn Johnson at the right side. The only issue for me really was the fact that they were both doing it at exactly the same time um, against the Premier League champions who are scoring goals and they're scoring goals against us for the last few seasons. So, like, it, it, it was also, it was always sort of an issue that. Um, I think the issue for me would be Sobby at left wing back. I'm still not sure on that. I mean, we've talked about it so many times. But why is Taimon not playing there when we bring him in to play that position? Um, I know that we've mentioned Sobby in the past, being like, wistfully mentioning him at left wing back, being, oh, that could be the perfect position for him. I'm not too sure that's the case. I think... The three-four-three formation is just not for Ramadan Sobi because I don't really see him slotting in anywhere. To be honest with you, um, Jeff again, right wing back. It is what it is. Um, like we haven't signed a right wing back, which is bizarre. Um, he clearly wants to play up front still. I mean, if you ever needed more proof, then look at that overhead kick again several <laughs> times because that is not what any right wing back in the country does. I'm, I'm telling you that now. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's, it is just unlucky, really. And I, I think a four at the back would have exposed one of the central defenders more than that three at the back formation because you would have had to put either Glenn Johnson and or Eric Peters there. And I don't think that would have worked, to be honest. Because then, cause then you have to have Solby at left back. I don't know. I, I think the three four three was the best of the bad situation. I think if you'd have gone at a back four... Yesterday, I'm just trying to think of how it would have looked in my mind. I suspect it would have probably been uh, time and at left back, and then Peters and I mean, this is my ideal yeah, back see, that's, that's, yeah. time and Peters and Martins into the middle, and then uh, Juf at right back. And yeah, and even then, it's like that's kind of a, a mismatch team because Timon's more of a going forward player, Juf isn't a out and out right back, you know, so it, it is a one. tough one to create anything out of. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm, I don't blame Hughes for sticking with that system, but I thought 
just the players we had available. It didn't suit that formation, but nor can I think of a formation they would have suited. Really, uh, I thought I thought Sobby was uh, very easily kind of marked out the game. I don't think he played bad, Sobby, but I don't, just don't think he had any kind of proper influence in the game at all. No. Uh, Glenn Johnson. Now a lot, a lot of stick for Johnson on social media and stuff. Question from Phil Hare: Should Johnson ever put the shirt on again? <laughs> Um, Chris, yeah. I'm really kind of annoyed by this, but what do you think? I I understand people's anger and annoyance at Glenn Johnson, but I do feel that it felt like he was yesterday's target for a lot of anger, and I don't know if it was... I don't know if it was entirely deserved. Like, by no means did he have a good game, don't get me wrong. Like, this is... <laughs> I'm not defending him too much, but like, <sighs> I think I think Johnson is applying a sticking plaster to a hemorrhage, yes. and then blaming the plaster for not doing a good enough job. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. So yeah, yeah, fine. He, he, he's slow, and I don't think he's good enough mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. for starting Premier mm-hmm. League games. Certainly not at centre back. But <laughs> like, <laughs> it's 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 not. Glenn Johnson's fault. He's not good enough for a centre half position at the moment. No, ex- he's, no. He, he's he's too slow. He should be there in the first place because of our injury situation. Yeah. Now you can talk about whether he sh- he should still be at the club. Should he wear the shirt again? Like not through choice, but like if he comes in and, and tries, mm-hmm. then fine. Mm-hmm. You know. If he wants to wear it in his own bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, like like um, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't think Glenn like Johnson. The, th- has... the third goal was was shit. It was a yeah. shit goal to concede. Um but like Darren Fletcher practically escorted him into the six yard box. Could have well, we held can... his hand on the way there. And like Fletcher won't get the same amount of stick. So For a... I, it just it just annoys me like yeah, I agree, not good enough, but like the kind of abuse like he was somehow responsible for everything and he's like not trying and he's taking the piss and all the all the rest of it i just i just can't get on board with yeah 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 yeah, yeah <laughs> no yeah sorry i was just searching something um i i, I can't help but always feel and this isn't to be dismissive of the of a four nil defeat but in our time in the premier league chelsea have always been that team that have been able to come to our place and do well and mm-hmm. and whilst yeah, yesterday I think we we weren't we weren't good, but also I don't think we were we were really terrible. And you, the point there that Glenn Johnson played at centre back at the end of the game, we had three players who were not centre backs playing at centre back. Like it's mm. it, it's a it's a an awful situation. If you want if you want to get angry about the result, be more angry at the fact that year on year we seem to have these injury problems rather than the fact that. Oh, Darren Fletcher uh, didn't. Oh, he didn't do enough to stop that goal. Yeah, because Darren Fletcher's not a centre back. Neither's Glenn Johnson or Eric Peters. Like they're playing assist. Like they, everyone knew that this was going to happen because mm. of the injuries. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I can't. I can't get angry at the team for yesterday's result because it's an a ridiculous circumstance. That heck, heck, if we'd have got the full strength team there and Zuma could have played it w- I think it would have been a completely different game 
completely different game. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think we would have been down from the first minute, which I think yes. effectively killed the game. Now, we, we talk about how well we played and stuff, but it, we I think that was partly due to the context of Chelsea scoring so early mm-hmm. and they, they could kind of relax and not have to go full peltos. A uh, couple of questions relating to the injury situation. Uh, Harry Suter is, of course, on the bench. I mean, should he should he have played? Should he have replaced Martin Zindi in that situation? All right, pick, right, the arguments I've seen are, yes, he should have played. It gives him good experience and the game's already gone, so it doesn't matter if he makes a mistake. And, you know, it's showing faith in youth, which we haven't really done. Alternatively, oh, Harry Suter comes on, Murata scores six, and Harry Suter's confidence is rocked for life. He can never leave the house again. Um <laughs> So, so there's no middle ground. <laughs> exactly. Uh, what, what do you what do you think, Ben? I think he should have come on. I think he potentially could have started um, if he's in the matchday squad. I don't understand putting someone in the matchday squad and not bringing them on when in that situation when Mark, Mark, there's no centre back on the pitch and there's a there's a big. It's not even like you could miss him. There's a big fuck off centre back sitting on your bench. <laughs> And I did, Mark Hughes, I did like, enjoy seeing him uh, warm up with Crouch before the game. Just <laughs> yeah, two <man>. giants. <laughs> It's just like no, no Af- yeah, Afalai, you're the you're the man, and we'll we'll do a complete rehash of um of our centre back line. But I think he should have come on personally. But yeah, I mean, who knows what would have happened? I mean, we let in two goals after that, and yeah, who knows? Yeah, I think there's only so much you can protect like young yeah, players I... from from situations like that. I mean, Harry Suter, correct me if I'm wrong, Ben, played in that game we went to well, yeah, yeah, exactly. the FA Youth Cup yeah. where we got torn a new one by the Man City uh, Academy. And It's a point I made on Twitter and I was like, he still looks pretty happy. I, th- yeah. I think he's all right. But, I mean, and that was, a, that was I mean, that was worse than yesterday in, in, in terms of, I mean, if people didn't see, Man City Youth team, whatever level it was, just absolutely rinsed Stoke. I mean, there were tears afterwards. It was that bad. Um, <laughs> I'm not even, we're not even joking, no. but like, so it was never going to be that bad. So I just think there is that sort of, oh, footballers can't deal with a loss. I mean, I'm sure Harry Suter at some point in his career has been involved in a loss. I know it's bigger and it's his, his first Premier League game or whatever, but you learn from you mistakes, don't you? Yeah, you, exactly. you, learn, you learn from adversity and, you know, maybe Murata would have taken pity on a 17 year old as opposed to Darren <laughs> Fletcher at the back. Um, but yeah, I think, it, I could, couldn't have hurt that much, surely. It, Ten minutes, fifteen minutes, whatever it was. Um, my my thought on the matter was if he's if if Mark Hughes is uncomfortable with playing him at centre back, why put him on the bench in the first place? Because yeah. it, mm-hmm. like his comments after the game as well, which I think you highlighted on Twitter, Dave, which is just like where he said, "Oh, we've got no centre backs now," and it's like. God, if you're Harry Suter reading that, it's like, well, yeah, what I, hi, hi, Mark, I'm I'm a centre back, and God knows, you can throw me. That would hurt my confidence more than than Alvaro Morata, this mm-hmm. fantastic new Spaniard, beautiful man who's come to the Premier League and is just scoring goals for fun, scores goals against me. That my own manager looks past me and chooses a midfielder to come on for a centre back, and also comes out after the game and says, "There's no centre backs at the club." Oh, what, yeah, Mark? Ridiculous. Come on, mm. yeah. Right, uh, speaking of centre-backs, we know are definitely at the club. Uh, Ryan Shawcross is one of them, obviously out yesterday through injury. Uh, it's one of those back injuries he has, which isn't related to the other back injuries, except it might be related <laughs> to those other back injuries. Uh, Southwest Stokey on Twitter asks, what's Shawcross's future at the club discuss? 
So a lot of concern that Ryan Shawcross is just like falls apart every other game. And <laughs> should we should we still be persisting with him? Should he still be a part of the first team? Yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> like <laughs> that was very, very, very dismissive. But um, yeah, like, and I, I know people will say there is no room for sentimentality in football anymore. But he's been with us for ten years. Like, uh, this, this may be biased on my account, but if if Ryan Shawcross plays every other game and he's injured, I, I'm not bothered because I want him to stay. As long as we have other players in the position, I'm, I, I don't care. Like, I, 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 I and yeah. New Newcastle, I thought we missed him big time. Yes. Um, so it's it's not like if if we got rid of him and said, oh, you're too injury prone, then, then that would like solve anything. No. I, 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 he's, he's, he's still a massive part of that team for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we, we kind of just have to accept it. Like he's getting older now. These things will happen. And we, we do have backups in that position. Okay, not at the moment, but... I think we've we've got to kind of take our looks with Shawcross and at least for this season, uh, see how many games he plays, see how effective he is in those games because I think he's still a good player and and will continue to be. Um, we'll move on uh, quickly. Uh, midfield then, uh, Joe Allen played with Darren Fletcher. I think that this was a pretty just. Uh, Awful display from the midfield, to be honest. Darren Fletcher, the ball just seemed to bounce off him. Nothing was going right for him at all. Uh, he kind of had a couple of chances to score, I think, Fletcher. I haven't seen them all back. But, yeah, the ball was just hitting him and it was going wrong. And I think one of the goals came from Darren Fletcher as well. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, I thought Joe Allen was chasing shadows and just couldn't get any kind of a, a foothold in the game. Ibrahim Afalai did come on. Uh, would we start him? I'm not. I'm not sure. I'd start him. Um, I think it may be a bit early for one, and I also think when you think about it, I mean, it's one of those where oh, did we play badly or did Chelsea play well in that midfield area? You've got um, Bakayoko, this new signing from Monaco, this sort of fantastic team from last season. Who's I think Didier Deschamps, I read, um, said that he's the complete midfielder, and he's sitting next to him in midfield. The, are widely considered to be one of the most complete midfielders in the Premier League. So you've got a, a Premier League pairing of two Frenchmen that are just absolutely incredible. Um, I think it's difficult then to judge um, Darren Fletcher and John. I know, I mean, you, you mentioned earlier this sort of plaster over a, um, a cut artery or whatever you said. Um, I just, I, my excuse for Joe Allen not playing well last season was that Joe Allen was in that situation where he's playing centre attacking midfield and he probably shouldn't have been. Now I don't have that excuse. I just he's just not playing very well at the moment. So obviously out of the two, it'd probably be him I'd, I'd replace. Um, but I just I, I do wonder how much. I know he's not playing fantastically, but I do wonder how much we'd miss that athleticism. And I know a lot of people might give me stick for that because oh he hasn't made X amount of tackles or something. But I just wonder would a, a, a central midfield pairing of Ibrahim Afalite. Um, and Darryl Fletcher just have that dynamism in the three-four-three formation when those two central midfielders are so important, um, which goes which harks back to the point where why why have we not got more depth in central midfield? Mm. Uh, well, I think it raises another point about kind of athleticism and pace in our team in general. We don't mm-hmm. really have that at all. I mean, Chelsea's midfield yesterday, uh, Kante, Bakayoko, Fabregas when he came on, they, these are guys who can you can run around and. Uh, 
you know, absolutely run circles around you. So we we don't have pace at all, really. I think uh, Bunny raised this point on Twitter. Like, every team is quicker than us. Like, Bristol City in the Cup, they're quicker than us. Like, how many players can you point to in the Stokes and say, oh, they're really quick? Not many. And even when we do have those players, they're, they're playing in systems that don't really suit that. So, uh, yeah, I think your, your point about... Uh, kind of not having dynamism in fit midfield if Hafalo plays is perfectly well-founded. But I, at the same time, I'm just really frustrated with Joe Allen's performances at the moment because I don't think he's been anywhere good enough because he, he has been athletic, but he's he's just like chasing shadows all the time and it, it's just, it just gets really frustrating. I know it's Chelsea and, you know, they're, they're really good at football, uh, <laughs> but... I thought this at Newcastle and thought this at West Brom as well. Um, Chris, uh, let's kind of wrap this game up. Uh, First of all, let's uh, just uh, give some props to the real star of the game yesterday, Mr. Mike Dean. Chris, what's your favourite thing about Mike Dean? Oh, um, my favourite thing about Mike Dean is that, if we've been honest, he really just deserves his own show. Like, The mm. Dean Show would be a fantastic... Um, I don't even know if it would be a sitcom. I feel like it would be more like um, a reality TV show following him around. It would be The Office. Let's, it would be The Office, wouldn't it? <laughs> he he, is, he would be David Brent. Oh, my, oh my goodness, mate. Yeah. A Mike Dean documentary in the, the style the office, of The yeah, Office. Because, like, he, oh, my God. You can imagine him, like... I see dollar signs. You can see him, like, in the... In the like changing room or whatever before the match just like talking to a camera being like you know i i pull, I pull the match together yeah you me them we're all part of one great family aren't we and then you know he's, he's got a he's got a career as a singer on a saturday night after the games <laughs> and he goes around before the game like sort of punching players yeah, on, yeah, yeah. On the, on the, like you're right mate yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trying to get all the, the other refs to go well, to the mate. pub with him. Yeah. Here's Harry Kane. Yep, my mate. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Yep. Oh, oh, good look at camera. Yeah, I. Yeah, in summary, I think my favourite thing about Mike Dean is that whenever Mike Dean is there, you know you're in for a treat. Ooh. How many yellows have I given this week, if you count in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm perfectly willing to uh, buy the uh, to to watch Mike Dean's version of The Office. Perhaps you just call it The Changing Room, and <laughs> oh my god, just so many ideas floating around. Uh, yeah, maybe we should stop talking about them on a podcast so we can keep them to ourselves. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> can we? Can we? When we finish this episode, can it just be uh, handbags and the glad rags? Just. <laughs> 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 Yeah, as the closing theme. So, uh, but obviously, before he gets that sitcom, he, he had the starring role in the game yesterday. Um, and the centre of attention landed on him when he didn't send off uh, Marcus Alonso. Marcus Alonso got away with murder uh, when when he, he fouled our player and should have been sent off. Um, like how, I mean, th- uh, ironically, I think that was the kind of the best spell in the game for Stoke because... The crowd is really up for it because we just had this injustice happen and I think we were starting to build a bit of momentum on Chelsea and we could have perhaps made it 2-1 or something. Uh, I think it was bloody good management and annoyingly good management from Conte to to take him off Mm -hmm. like two minutes after. But yeah, how just that's just really annoying because I think he could have easily had 
another booking for for being petulant and stuff. Yeah, I, th- I think I completely agree with you. I mean, I saw I saw um, Conte getting annoyed with Gary Cahill uh, on the touchline, and um, I, I just I thought in that situation it'd be so funny if then Mark he was getting annoyed with Gary Cahill because he wasn't getting ready quick enough, and then. What happens then if Marcus Alonso got another yellow card? Mm. I would have loved to just see that and just seen what Conte did with Cahill. I, I mean, it's, it, I mean, it didn't happen and it's really pointless, but that, that situation would have been hilarious. Yeah, there was a moment when Marcus Alonso was coming off where he was taking so long to get off the pitch. I thought, Mike Dean, you know, this could be your moment. Book him again for taking too long. The, the roof would have come off the place because that's all Mike Dean wants at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. He wants people singing his name, preferably without a swear word attached. He's, he's just having a, a bloody good day with Mike Dean. Here we are giving him a TV <laughs> yes, show. It, yes. It's Mike Dean's world and we're all just living it. Um, move on then. Uh, Daniel Buxton asks, would you have taken four points from the first three home games? Yesterday was due to an injury crisis that's at the back. We have five and couldn't foresee all being out. Uh, yeah, I'd have taken four points from these first three home games, certainly when I, I saw them on paper. Uh, a win, a draw and a defeat. Yeah. I mean, if you're getting picky, I'd have said, oh, I'd have rather we'd beaten Man United and drew with Arsenal. But um, that that's just uh, childish. <laughs> but yeah, four, point, four <laughs> points is great. Uh, are you guys both in agreement? Yeah. yeah, it's funny when you look at it on... Like, from those terms, it's kind of like, yeah, like, at the start of the season, I don't think I would have predicted us winning any of those games or getting anything from them. So, to get four points is probably, you know, all right. I, I do, I've looked up the stat. Do you want to know, in our near 10 years of the Premier League, including cup games, do you want to know our record against Chelsea? Uh, no. I'd love okay. to. Uh, well, 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 that's two different answers. No, but it, it does just put it into context that we've played in the in the last whatever nine years we've played them twenty two times. We've lost sixteen of those, drawn three, and won three, and that includes a league cup game. Like when when you when you look at it that way, like Chelsea really do have our number. It so I don't know. Not to say that it's expected, but like it, it, yeah, it kind of kind, it of, kind is. of is. It is. It is expected. <laughs> I don't think many of us were uh, were predicting Stoke wins before their game. Uh, John Dykes, uh, is this still a good opening six games? Um, I mean, at the start of the season, I saw the opening six games and I thought uh, five points would have been just about okay. Um, I don't, I, but I thought that was kind of about the minimum we wanted. Uh, obviously, we, we've come up in a really tough situation uh, last game. But the the real disappointment is is Newcastle, really, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. we got a surprise point against Man United, but then uh, to to lose that game is is really is really annoying. But uh, how how are you seeing our first six games of the season? Are you um, are you more optimistic after these first six than you were at the start of the season? You know what? I think I am more optimistic. I think um, we've we've done a few things that we asked for at the start of the season or before the start of the season in terms of entertaining. I've, I've had fun watching Stoke. Um, obviously, not. I just think we've had a really bad week. Like there's no there's no there's no looking around the fact that if you watch your football team lose three times in the space of seven days, then people are going to be unhappy and angry. Like that's expected and that's fine. That's part of being a football fan. So in terms of looking at 
at the sort of start of the season in a wider context, I think I think we're doing all right. I just we did have a stuff a tough start. It's really, really, really shit that we lost to Bristol City in the midweek. Um, and yes, Newcastle losing to him is disappointing. But then we picked up points against Arsenal and picked up points against Manchester United in a in a really good game. I mean, I watched that on a beach in Greece on a TV in on a in a bar in Greece, and I had a great time um, talking to someone from Bolton. Um, it, yeah, so I, I'm I'm personally all right with the start of the season. It could have gone better, of course it could, but that's always the way. So, Chris, Chris, are you more optimistic? I think. I'm more optimistic than I was when I was doing the season predictor um, because I <laughs> I didn't have much hope for us at all. There is no doubt that this week has been very, very disappointing. Um, but I, I still think we'll be fine. I think next week's game is quite a, a big one for Stoke and I would expect a reaction from us. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm more... I'm more uh, I don't know. Just I'm all right. Yeah, I'm all right about it. You know, <laughs> I don't. I, I mean, I don't think it's going to be a groundbreaking season. Go, I'm fine. Oh, Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, I, God, I, more. I did sound a little bit like Kevin there, didn't I? Oh, it's not fair. Um, I do. I do. Yeah, no, I do. Just think. I don't think it'll be a groundbreaking season by any steps, but I don't think it'll be um that bad. You don't know that we're going to win the league. Stop being that, silly. That's true. Only, we're going to win that, the league. That's true. That's true. Yes, maybe, maybe, or at least the <laughs> FA Cup, because Mark Hughes may learn from his mistakes from this last week and be better. I say Mark, Mark Hughes, Hughes learning from his know. cup mistakes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, that was a bit. Oh, oh man, uh, I guess we'll we'll address the the Bristol City elephant in the room. Just <laughs> so goddamn annoying, isn't it? Just <laughs> like they're crap. They 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 played their reserves. And we put out a team good enough to win it. And like we've had this before in cup competitions under Mark Hughes. It's not that he puts out the the kids because God forbid he'd put out any kids in a cup competition. <laughs> but it's just why why are we so awful in these kind of situations? Who knows? Mark Hughes certainly doesn't because it's not getting fixed. I mean, so many tepid games of football in the League Cup. I, I, I'm, I, it's almost like I'm happy that we're out because of because I don't have to watch it. I'm not happy that we're out. It's just it, I don't know what to say. I, it's just really, really frustrating. That's that's it more than anything. I'm I'm more angry about this um, the League Cup match than I, I could be about the Chelsea match because the. Mm. We we know what's going to happen in the league. We know roughly that we'll be where, whereabouts will be. The, the the excitement comes from the cup campaign, and and I do think that a good cup run would have done us the wonders this year. And it's just sucks to be out at the like the first hurdle. Like it's ridiculous that. And, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm, there's no expectation that we need. We, oh, we would go there and we would hammer Bristol City because they've had a decent start to the season as well. Um, and there's a feel-good factor around them as a club. But it was almost like we just turned up and... Ex- the, the, yeah, it, it felt like the team had an expectation that they could just go there, whatever lineup Mark Hughes put out, and they just... You know, they didn't need to really do anything because they'll beat Bristol. And that wasn't the case. It just... We felt underprepared. And I, I feel sorry for the Stoke fans who travelled down for a late night to go and watch that because oh. it's not not good and now we mm. now I don't know I, I don't see us doing particularly well in the FA Cup either and 
I don't know, it's just sad, really. Yeah. Yeah, can't disagree. Uh, right, the the big question then, lads. Um, obviously, we had a bit of a rough time yesterday. Uh, defenders were out and the goals were flying in from the Chelsea players. What would you do to to fix up our defence? What what think outside the box for me? What could we do to stop the goals <laughs> going in? Chris, any ideas? Um to stop the goal. We could well, to hark back to a patron episode, Dave, and people should subscribe, <laughs> we could build a wall. I knew you were gonna say that. Yeah, just build build a wall. You do, I knew you were gonna say and, that. And a, you love going to that Trump well, don't you? We're gonna you? build a wall and we're, and we we're gonna get Arsenal to pay for it. It's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic. <laughs> it's gonna be gonna be a great wall. It's gonna be, great. be a great wall. It's gonna be great. Yeah. I think that's the only option because <laughs> God knows we can't stop people scoring any other way. Uh, ben, how about you? Um, play centre backs, maybe that might work. <laughs> obviously, um, <laughs> no. Obviously, we've got Zuma coming back um, next game now, which is which is nice. We, I just think if we have our first team centre backs in a consistent on a consistent basis, then they'll they'll learn to be great together. That's how it works, I think. Um, obviously, Vimmer's come in, having not played much football for Spurs for a long time, and and I, if he can get fit or whatever, then I think he would he could be a great signing. Obviously, they've seen something there. I mean, spending lots of money in the past clearly hasn't brought us good players, really, for some reason. Um, but hopefully, Vimmer will be all right. And and then you've got Zuma, who's I mean, it's one of those where do we really want to see Zuma be? horrendously good um, and then say goodbye to him because that's going to be heartbreaking isn't it I, I can tell already um, and then Shawcross Mighty Shawcross I, I, I really think our first sort of 11 centre-backs are something like that sort, sort of could make the best defence we've had in the Premier League or maybe not that extreme but sort of the best defence we've had in the Mark Hughes era certainly I'm not going to hit the, the panic button on the defence just yet but I think maybe I think our best defensive display of the season was at home to Arsenal and of course that was the first game uh, where we'd had the new corner. So I think what we need to do now is fill in another corner and see if that <laughs> prompts a really good defensive display. <laughs> and if that doesn't work, we'll have to fill in another corner and then we've run just out of corners. Just keep filling in corners. Yeah, just keep make adding bits to the stadium and <laughs> make it make it, make it, it a literal fortress. You, you, people you say the cliche, oh, that, that ground is a fortress. What we need is like turrets, anti-aircraft guns, <laughs> you know, a, a, a moat... Yeah. Someone call North Korea. Let's get them involved. <laughs> Build us a fortress. Uh, if you're listening, Rocket Man, uh, send us an email. Um, <laughs> right. Any other business then, lads? Uh, what I wanted to quickly raise a point about the youth. I know we talked about Suter there, but uh, Tom Edwards got a new contract this week, and I think we're all pretty happy about that. But like, what do we think? Like, does Hughes give a toss about the youth? At all? No, no, probably not. I, it's it's weird, isn't it? Giving players new contracts and then not involving them in the squad at yeah. all. Um, it's it it does smack of that sort of that contradiction that some sort of Mark Hughes is prone to, where he says things and doesn't follow up with. Obviously, I don't know who makes the decisions. In I'm, I'm guessing it's not Mark Hughes who decides to to sign these players on long de- long term deals, probably. Um, but I just don't get those messages that sort of like, oh yeah, Bojan should stay because he's going to he's going to be involved this season. And then he's not involved, and 
and stuff like that. So when you when you when you sign a youth player for I think it's four years, and there's sort of obviously there's still plenty of time in that four years for him to get involved in the match day squad. But at the moment, he's not playing. He's not getting involved at all. It, it, I just I don't know what that's going to do for that mentality and. Is it going to make them more likely to just want to leave? Because there's literally every youth player in our team just sees no way forward. This Harry Sutar episode yesterday it just makes it worse for those players. They think, well, I think I'm good enough. But if if Mark Hughes isn't even willing to play the centre back when he's literally desperate for centre backs, and where does that leave me as a youth player? Should I be at this club? And I think that's a great shame. I really do. Uh, Chris, do you have do you have any any other moans or or, or just positive vibes for us going forward? Like. Perhaps, perhaps cheer us up, Chris. Tell, tell us everything's going to be all right. Everything is going to be absolutely fine. Um, and you know what? We'll look back on this day in a few weeks and be like, God, what? that was a rubbish week, weren't it? But thank goodness we are now top of the league. <sighs> That's wishful thinking, maybe. It's nice to have the, uh, the old format back, though, isn't it? Complaining about a 4-0 defeat. <laughs> sorry, guys. So- <laughs> sorry, er- sorry, everyone. <laughs> yeah. It is all Ben's fault for coming back. So <laughs> when you when you think about it and add up the numbers, it is it is my fault. Um, can't write out. Hashtag it. Oh. Right. So uh, if you'd like to see Ben permanently banned from the podcast, <laughs> by all means, send us a tweet, and uh, we'll see if that impacts Stokes' results in any way. Um, oh, guys. <laughs> or if you want to guarantee uh, Ben leaves the podcast, then I think it'll take about a hundred dollars on Patreon to. Do it, uh, but if you just want to contribute to the podcast in any other smaller way, then patreon.com forward slash wizards of drivel. We're on Twitter at wizards of drivel and it's facebook.com slash the bear pit. No, wizards of drivel, facebook.com slash wizards of drivel. Would you um, would you like one last positive bit of news? This, this is for you, Dave. Okay, you are currently top of our BBC predictor league. Yes, so well done, you tremble before me. So yeah, out of like the 50-odd people who were in it, you are number one, so well done. Well done, you. Yeah. I don't know how you they, got they, 100 uh, points this week, but I'm very proud of you. I, I, I think I did say uh, 5-0 Man City. I, but also, I, said, I, I just know about, I know the most about football of all the Stoke fans, clearly, is that proof? <laughs> which is why I host this podcast, because I'm a better fan than everyone else. <laughs> Um, then the the office music plays. All right, I think I think we've got to wrap it up there because we're slowly losing our minds. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much, Ben. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Why thank- did I ever go on holiday? <laughs> thank you, Chris. Thank you, Dave. All right. Uh, see you. I suppose. Go on, Stoke. <laughs>